Yep. All right, we're recording? Yep. All right, welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Last episode until the regular season starts up again. Tuesday, we have, I think it's Tampa Bay playing. I didn't even look at it. I don't care because the Leafs season starts Wednesday. Starts us off a nice little back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday. Um, and then we're going to get into a lot of things. What can projections for the season for the Leafs? Um, thoughts on Adam Brooks, who just got claimed on waivers by the Montreal Canadian. We're going to take a look at the TSN Top 50 list. And we're going to take a look at some over-under project- projections from Leafs, certain Leafs players. Um, Josh has a fantasy draft at 9, so we're going to try to help him out live <laughs> on that. That'll be a little... Do our best on that to, you know, put forth some good radio, but also, you know, yeah. Do well in the draft. Do exactly, well exactly. Draft. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. What up, what up? How's Let's it going? Let's go. It's time. We're yeah. back. It Two is. days away from uh, I hear a recording. little bit of excitement brewing in Leafs Nation, which is good. Yeah. It's uh, a lot. We've, we've come a long way from four months ago, I think. Oh, yeah. Yep. Dude, how many people were crying? I'm never watching this team ever again. Now they're back. The same the people who were live tweeting the first preseason game. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, first, I want to get into a Leafs little prospect update. I was posting some clips of some of, of some of the guys on the Instagram story there. One guy I didn't touch on, but is having a hell of a season. Topi Nimala, defenseman of the World Juniors last year, or top defenseman in the World Juniors last year. Leafs third round pick from 2020. Nine points in 11 games in the top Finnish league there. Damn. Hell of a start for him up there. Haven't gotten to watch him all that much uh, at all yet, but by all accounts has been doing fantastic there. Um, Roni Hirvinen off to a little bit of a slower spark, sp- uh, start, but whatever. All good. All good. One kid I wanted to touch on, the Leafs have a D, uh, three, I want to say, three notable prospects playing in the NCAA this year. In Ryan Tverberg, who was a seventh-round pick in 2020, Matthew Nyes, obviously 2021 second-round pick, and Vidi Mittenen, who was a fifth or a sixth-round pick in 2020. I don't know why it's escaping me right now. But some big starts. Ryan Tverberg has three goals in three games with five points. Matthew Nyes, big debut in the NCAA for University of Minnesota. Sorry, Tver- I glossed over it, but Tverberg plays for University of Connecticut. Matthew Nyes from University of Minnesota, two goals in two games. Two goals in his first game, nothing in his second one, but he had that nice toe drag that I posted there. And Vidi Mittenin with uh, a one goal in two games start. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Yes. So, decent start, especially very surprising start for Ryan Tverberg. This is a guy that's like, uh, I hate to say it, kind of like Adam Brooks, a guy that you're going to love to watch to play, just workhorse kind of guy um not the flashiest of skills but a pretty good four checker even though he's not the biggest of guys uh, but i'm excited to continue to watch him i mean seventh round pick and he's doing this i mean all right seventh round pick out of the oj too yep so pretty crazy there um as for the ohl guys ty voigt scored in his first game of the year pretty nice goal off the rush and then Braden kressler who was a free agent signing out of camp also had a goal in his first game as well. Just quick update on there. Um, I'm probably missing some guys like Artur Akdamov, but I didn't get a chance to follow them or see what's going on there. But just from the guys that I I, I was tracking, um, seemed like a pretty promising star, especially Matthew Nyes. Yeah, so I wanted to just touch on a couple of things. Matthew Nyes might be one of those where like I got to eat some crow because I wasn't as aware of him pre-draft. So you kind of just like, 
Same watch a couple games, look at the stats. He looks like he's he might be, end up being a real value pick. Like I was get power forward. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and Topi Nimula, you know what prospects doing well when I'm getting I'm seeing tweets about him from like non Leaf related guys. Wow. So it's like Corey Pronman was tweeting about Topi mm. Nimula, right? Oh, yeah. And I saw one other person tweet about him as well. So obviously a good start. Also, he plays for Carpot, which is historically one of the better teams in the Finnish league as well. It's not like he's, you know, playing on some bum. Team. Yeah. So we'll see, but that the, he looks and everybody has said since they've drafted him, what a pick and at, like every stop and on the way, been, yeah, world juniors, whatever money. he's been money. So that's a really good sign for us in the future. Exactly. I agree there. Um, for Matthew Nyes, I mean, just the velocity on his shot, you're going to so see hard. him score a lot of goals this year. He shoots really, really hard. Oh, one guy missed Miko Kokkinen, six, six assists in his first 10 games. I'm sure we'll see him come. Same thing that he did last year, come back over once his season's over with the Marlies. But I like him. He's a decent player. We just need to get Amarov in the lineup. Amarov, yes. Um, I think I've, I've been trying to keep pay, pay attention with him. He was injured, and then he wasn't playing a lot. It, it's a... He's got to come back to. Oh, he's got to come over to North America. It's, yeah. it's a little bit ridiculous what's going on there, but Matthew Nice, get ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna be posting a ton of his goals yeah, because he's gonna score. He's gonna yeah. put forth a lot of goals this season. Good power forward, very heavy shot. Ryan Verberg, I'm gonna be paying attention. I mean, that's uh, that's a that could be a, a money pick. I mean, seventh round picks. Some of them end up going to Canadian University, and just retire after five years, whatever. Yeah. Like. What a waiver there. And then VD Mittenen came, burst on the scene in the NCAA last year. was a very, very good freshman, so hopefully he can keep that up. But just a little update on a few Leafs prospects. I like to keep uh, an eye on some of them and see what's, what's going on there. So let's jump into it. Uh, what do you guys want to go into Adam Brooks first? The, the roster crunch. Yeah. What we were talking about last week and the week before, like – what was going to happen? You know, we had too many forwards and ironically enough, we spent, I don't know, half an hour talking about it and it just kind of worked itself out. Unfortunately, as Ilya Mikhaev suffers an unfortunate injury, he's going to be out long-term. I don't know exactly Broken how thumb, long. Eight weeks. I, it's eight, eight weeks, weeks minimum. Yeah. Okay. And well, I could see them taking their time with him, especially with the, he previously injured his hand before, right? Yeah. Like get, get that feel back. So, so again, it kind of worked itself out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Were you surprised that Amadio made it? Uh, a little bit because I know they, you know, it's weird when you put a lot of, you know, investment into a guy like Adam Brooks. You, you've had him for, I don't know, four and a half, five years now, right? Mm-hmm. He was a 2016 pick. So after all that, and you kind of, you put him on waivers for a guy you just signed. But I was really impressed with Mike Amadio. I think he's almost a Swiss Army knife, like bottom six center, but not like bottom six, like probably fourth line max. Yeah. But he can play wing. He can play center. He was responsible. I compared him a little to Travis Boyd last episode which yeah. i kind of think in terms of usage and deployment he's probably going to be again a four uh, i don't want to say bottom six that's not right a fourth line swiss army knife could play winger could, mm-hmm. could play center kind of similar to brooks I, I talked about it a lot i think really his skating held back adam brooks at the end of the day i don't think the least saw enough improvement in that area to continue their investment with him so they went with amadio over brooks and brooks i think you know, amadio is a smarter player than brooks yeah too. i agree does, i agree with that too. as I, i've mentioned in previous episodes does really right good thing. along the boards and does v- some little things very very well yeah i mean i i can really i'm really excited to see him like dig pucks and get them to spezza there that could be a great connection but i mean amadio has more nhl games him and brooks are the exact same mm-hmm. age 
as well. Yep. I mean, it just came down to. I was a little bit surprised on this because Amadio didn't play in that last on that in that Saturday preseason game. They gave it to Brooks. But also, if you look at the lines that I posted on on the Instagram story, there they have Dermot as the seventh defenseman, and they had Dermot in on the Saturday as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just they were taking one last look, see how these two guys look, and then make a decision. But it it really does look from the beat writer posts from Kristen Shilton. It really does look like Lilligren is going to be in the lineup on uh, on Wednesday, and. Um, Amadio is going to be in the lineup on Wednesday as well, but it's a back-to-back, so I could definitely see them switching it out as well. For sure, I I'd be really excited to see Timothy Lilligren to start Finally. the season. I think a lot of us would be really excited. And again, no disrespect to Travis Dermott, but we said this when they signed him too, right? You give him one point five for two years, you got guys behind him that are chomping at the bit, and now you're giving one point five mil to your seventh defenseman. It's kind of a weird situation now with Travis Dermott. It makes me wonder if yeah. he's you know, if Lilligren really shows out to start the year, is he a guy that's possibly moved? Jason, what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think so. But I think they're gonna need, they need to, like, look at what, what happened. Just happened to Ilya Mikheyev, right? We never know when injuries could strike. I'm saying hold on to Dermot for a bit. Let him play out. And I, I like what they did when they how they gave Dermot and uh, Brooks that, like, final shot in the last game, like you said. That's what it seems like to me that what they did is said, hey, if you guys want your spot, take it. And they didn't earn it. So, um, yeah, uh, it's... it's I'm 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 happy with Lilligan as our 60. We like we said on this podcast a lot. We want we wanted it to happen. I'm just excited to see Sand and Lilligan play together. They played a lot in the Mar with uh, with the Marlies on the top pairing together. Uh, they're just going to be a fun duo to watch, and they're good, for sure. Like we only saw them for five minutes towards the end of last season. Barely played a, 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 at all in the playoffs. Sandin. and um, I'm just happy to see them get a lot. Like they're hopefully going to get more than 10 minutes, around 10 minutes of ice time. It'll be fun to watch in that first game. Yeah, it's the combination that a lot of people have been clamoring for. And, I mean, reasonably so. They're two pretty exciting players. Um, with that being said, I mean, I wonder how it's going to work out in an NHL position. How much are they going to shelter, shelter them? Yeah. I mean, because these are two... I mean, like, Sandin's not the best defensively. He still has his hiccups here and there. Has shown very well offensively. I really have to say that. Moves the puck extremely well. I lo- like as I've said almost every episode the head fakes getting the puck up the ice even though he's not the quickest guy his passing is very good so is Lilgren. Lilgren's very very good at the stretch pass but it's going to come down to like who are they going to be matched up against is it going to be a tough defensive matchup like I'm curious to see how that's going to work out there and to to speak on Travis Dermott like yes he might not be in the lineup the first game he might not be but this is not a bad defenseman. Mm-hmm. He's a good defenseman. Yeah, he he's been very responsible defensively. He's not the he's a decent skater, pretty aggressive in the defensive zone as well. Just hasn't quite developed offensively. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like this is going to be a guy, a target almost for some people to trash on, simply because he hasn't developed quite the way that everyone has expected him to. But then again, there are some people crying thinking that he's. Should be a second pairing defenseman. Should he be? I don't know. Maybe, kind of. Like, probably not. Depending right on the right team, he probably yeah, hasn't sh- exactly. Mm-hmm. Not on a contending team, no. I don't think. Yeah, Four I've seen a lot of people trashing Justin Hole. Mm. That's just whatever. But I, I was just gonna say that, um, uh, like we, well, the way we talk about Dermot, people might think that we don't like him. We still th- like. I still think that he's a good he's bottom. Decent. He's like a good him. bottom. Like I like what you say. He's a good bottom pair defenseman. He just 
we thought like when we first got there man like the first couple of years we kind of thought that he was going to mature into a, a bigger role and he just has, has never done that yet that's why we were so um not low on Dermot we just he kind of is what he is right now we don't really see much more upside in him whereas these other two guys Lilligan and Sandy there's so much upside there there's yeah. so much and I'd rather like we said all offseason I'd rather see them play and get get the opportunity to show us that upside and if they don't have it they don't have it that's okay like I just want to see yeah. see them Take get the chance gamble. yeah so, and sorry go ahead I was just gonna say one more thing like for that pairing I'm really excited to see they, they're playing the Habs the first game and the Habs like the one their biggest strength in my opinion is their forward depth they're, they're not the best team up front but their third and fourth lines are relatively good third and fourth lines and it makes sense to me that Lilligan and Sandin are going to be playing against other teams bottom six so I it's going to be right out of the gate if they're if Lilligan and Sandin are playing that's going to be a great test for them so uh, these are all terrific points, really flowing here. I just want to get a pat on the back. This is really good. The reason I said trade Fine. for Dermot is because not necessarily the Leafs would want to get rid of them. I think they probably are happy with him as a, a guy who can fill in at any point. But Travis Dermot might not want to be here anymore if he's the seventh mm-hmm. defenseman I do not again. think he wants to be here anymore. So that's why I Period. think it's possible. And then again, when you add in the fact he's making 1.5 mil and they're a capped out team, it might just be like Esther get off the pot situation here, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. The second thing I wanted to touch on is the sheltered minutes point that Joe brought up, which is a great point. But try to think back. Was Dermot Bogosian as a pairing, were they playing against the toughest minutes? Really? Not really. No, not right? at all. So it's probably going to be similar deployment. Yeah. Those, th- those two, Sandin and Lilgren, were f- will for sure be worse in their own zone than Dermot yeah. and Bogosian. Because for Dermot's criticisms, he has been pretty good at you know mm-hmm. exits which is one of the things he does well, which is surprising because a lot of people but thought... But it's funny he, because the exit is get to the red line and then dump it in. Yeah, that's the thing. People thought he'd almost be the opposite where he'd struggle in his own zone yeah. and be more of an offensive player, which he really has never shown yeah. at all after he got out of Erie. But I'm thinking maybe Sandin and Lilgren are sheltered even further because the split offensive zone to defensive zone draw for Bogosian and Dermott was 50-50. Kind of maybe, you know... You put a little bit more load on yeah. Cole, Muzzin, Brody, Riley. But to Jason's point, I didn't think Montreal's depth was that good. But, I mean, Armia, Evans, Gallagher on the third it's a line. Great third line. Perot, Paling, and Arturi Lekin and in Brooks. the fourth line. And Brooks. Don't forget Brooks is in there. Maybe. Who yeah, because when you, may, right, he might take Paling's spot When there. you add Druin back in the lineup, right? That's a guy they didn't have last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Pushes a couple guys down the lineup. They, yeah. have, they, don't, I, they don't have a star, I would say. Mm-hmm. I think Nick Suzuki, Jason says he's almost there. I think I probably agree with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think I like their depth up front. Yeah. That's the one thing they do have, I think, is like really strong depth. Everything else, eh? But, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And for people complaining about Justin Hole, hey, it's the preseason. Can't get too high on guys. Can't get too low, but... Montreal fans are really not happy with David Savard. Yeah. Like, and that's their brand but, new sign. Again, like, don't get too far ahead of yourself in preseason. Yeah. You also right. got to look at, like, you can't get too high on the highs because it's like, okay, you're playing Montreal, half of Montreal. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We'll figure it out on Wednesday. Then going exactly. forward, you can make real determinations. But exactly. The preseason is, I think, vastly overrated for hockey. Yeah. So. I mean, it gets you a good idea. You can get the full picture of guys like Nikita Gusev, who mm-hmm. sucked, yeah. who just completely sucked. Where, what, it, what's going to happen? Is he going to go back to the K now? I assume so. Guessing. Probably. Nobody wants him in the NHL. Nobody signed him. Because Nothing. he sucks. So, 
<laughs> like that's, I don't know. I, I if I was like one of the, like the a bottom like Ottawa, Detroit, someone like that, I would have signed him. But, but you why? Need to get then? your younger players. Exactly. That's, that's true. That's true. He's in like I that guess. weird. Zone. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want Gusev taking taking away spots for uh, yeah, minutes make, from uh, Lucas Raymond? Yeah, like, I guess. All right. Uh, Anyways, speaking on the preseason, who is one guy that surprised you in the preseason? Uh, from the last time we talked, yes, I, I think I still think Josh Hosang's performance was, was solid. just really good, and I and I really would. Wonder, I think we nailed it though. Also, remember what I said: AHL mm-hmm. contract, AHL yeah. contract, but avoid waivers, one, possibly NHL. One thing I will say though is: is this too crazy to think if Mikheyev had gotten injured maybe a week before? Do you think it's possible Hosang got an NHL deal and started with the team? Over Amagio? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's something they see that they want to work on, like a Galchenyuk type mm-hmm. thing with the Marlies. I'm not too sure. that It would be a more interesting conversation. You're 100% correct there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think they still would have stuck with okay, this. I, yeah. I, I, I like the idea, but I, but it seems like the way that they handle players like Hosang, we haven't really seen it. We've only really seen it with, um, oh my gosh. Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, we've really only seen it with Galchenyuk, but I think they're going to handle it similarly if it, if he plays in the NHL. I think he will, but yeah. Yeah, it's like they're very confident in their development group mm-hmm. for like not for the guys of that nature, which yeah. are kind of reclamation project at this mm-hmm. point, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, oh, and Pierre Engvall is still with the Leafs as well. So yeah. I think the McKayev injury probably bought Pierre Engvall another chance to be a oh, yeah. regular on this team, right? Mm-hmm. A regular in the lineup, yeah. And he's playing. He's playing third line in, a, in that shutdown line. And and let's say eight weeks in, that line's rolling. I doubt they'll take him off of that line. Mm-hmm. So I, it's a really big opportunity lineup, yeah. for Engvall. He's not going to have to play center either. Which will it help him? I don't know. I've kind of liked him more at center than on the wing in certain mm-hmm. aspects. Because um, I do like how he skates in the neutral zone up the middle of the mm-hmm. ice. I think he's pretty good at that. We'll see. I, on a shutdown line, will we see him be more physical now? Use that frame a little more. Cycle the puck a little better. Because that's one thing about him that we've been disappointed with. I think he knows that he's it's under time. a lot of pressure. So, and, I, and I love that because it gives him a shot. Let him like, earn it, Pierre. Earn it. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. We pretty much like held him as close to the fire without throwing him in as exactly. possible right now. Which is, But, I mean, he's not a bad player. I thought he was just going to get squeezed out kind of thing. And... I'm all right with him on the third line there. He does bring something to the lineup. It's just a matter of consistency. Can he play a little bit more physical? I mean, you're six foot four. Like, you can't be skating out there like you're 5'9", 160, right? So, one guy that surprised me definitely, uh, Nikita Gusev, because he sucked um, 110%. Um, I thought Timothy Lilgrim was very, very good at moving the puck in the preseason. He looked a lot more confident and... That's where I'm not afraid at all that the, the Leafs are running Sandine Lilgren. Possibly, I'm more interested than afraid that they're running Sandine Lilgren. Yeah. One one interesting thing I've seen uh, from this lineup is, first of all, uh, I, for those who don't know, Matthews is already out for the first three games. He's still going to yes. take some time to recover from his injury. I find it interesting that the – it makes sense, but the next um, center up is Kerfoot. And he's going to be playing that second line role. How do we feel about Kerfoot on that Nylander bunting line as like our um, center in case Tavares or Martin or, or Matthews go down during the season? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I'm kind of disappointed, first of all, that Matthews isn't playing. Like, I don't know. I don't know if that could have been handled better yeah. with the think, surgery. I think it was a re-aggravation. Yeah, yeah like, so I, but long term, I'm happy they're holding him out. 
You know, yeah. it's disappointing, but I'm happy they're holding him out. Think, yeah, I don't think it was incorrect at all. Even when you think about, remember McDavid at the end of the year, bef- uh, not last season. Two, two or three seasons not two, ago, I think. Yeah, two seasons ago at the beginning where it was like, will he play to start the season? Because they were having a huge debate on whether he should get surgery on his knee or not. And it was like a day-to-day decision. With McDavid there, he could have got surgery on it very, very late. Like, you don't know... Well, what I'm, yeah. what I'm, I'm not a doctor. We don't I, know the I, behind I don't the know scenes. Anything at all? Yeah. But what I've noticed with all of this, it's you take it day by day, and if it's you, you have a setback, it's like okay, we're gonna have to do this surgery then. Yeah. Right. They want to avoid the surgery in, in a lot of cases, it seems. But if it if it's necessary, then they they have to do it, and that's what it seems like it happened with yep. Matthews here. I mean, you're playing. What is it? Montreal, Ottawa. Is it New York? The third game. I, I think sure. it's Ottawa back. It's two Ottawa games. Montreal, yeah. Ottawa, Ottawa, then New York yeah. on Monday. Oh, so they play Ottawa, the, the Senators on Thursday in a back-to-back. And then on Saturday, they play the Senators again. Yeah. So, I mean, Monday. let's get real. They're still going to be favored in those <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah, like. agreed. Um, yeah. But the one thing I want to jump on that Jason said, I'm not surprised that Kerfoot was put there. I think that's the no, correct decision. Um, but, again, the question would be if Matthews comes back, Kerfoot's probably on the fourth line, it seems. That's what they were running yeah. in one of the practices, in which you were not happy about the the cap allocation mm-hmm. of that. It's just not the best use yeah. of it. Not, I like but there's going to be injuries this year, and, and that's he, where you're going to be able to put Kerfoot. He might right. be on the yeah. fourth, just like what happened last year. He was on the fourth line almost to end the year. He was on the second line in the playoffs, yeah. second line center. What I see with that line right there, and what I noticed with Kerfoot in the playoffs, it's a he's a pretty good placeholder center. Yeah. It's going to be more so on Nylander and Bunting to be creating that offense. Mm-hmm. If those two guys aren't driving that line, that's going to do nothing. I don't think Kerfoot's going to be like moving the needle. He's just going to be holding them kind of where, to where they're – he's going to kind of get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Dig some pucks, pass it around a little bit, maybe a finish on a rebound here and there, but he's not going to be the driving force on that line mm-hmm. like we saw in the playoffs. And people thought he was this major playoff performer. No, it was William Nylander, <laughs> and it was Jason Spezza as well. Yeah, yeah. He just kind of like... Got out of right place, right yeah. time. It's yeah. like when you're preparing dinner, but you have an actual professional chef like making the food. Like You just you take the plates, you set serve table, drinks, yeah. you set the table, and guess what? You've put forth a very good dinner. <laughs> and I think another, another thing would be, again, he's insurance. Like, let's say this third line exactly. blows up in the Leafs' face. Like, let's say Engvall just isn't working. Let's say David Kampf is actually bad. Then Kerfoot, that's a very easy spot to slot him into lineup exactly. where well, it's not killing us. He's probably a competent third line center. It's it's insurance there, mm-hmm. and unless you can find something at that price tag at this moment that will vastly improve the team over Kerfoot, keep him around a hundred and ten percent. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, re- it's it's a good insurance policy. And right now they're not really. Uh, it's shocking to say they're not really that capped out. Like with the Makayev injury, they got some room now if they yeah. want. Like, yeah, they're they're using it to hold extra guys, which I like. Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit of wiggle room. But yeah, yeah, no, that that's a great point. Exactly. So, and then one more thing I wanted to say quickly, like they were running Makayev with Tavares and Nylander mm-hmm. trying to give him every shot. I don't think now that Bunting is going to get the shot automatically because Ilya no. is injured. I don't think he's going to let that go. I no, really so the think lines were with. Um, with Mikheyev in the lineup, it was going to be Mikheyev, right. Tavares, Nylander there. It seemed, v- even though Sheldon Keefe was like, oh, we have a competition for that second line left wing spot, 
Mikheyev was taking all the reps there. He was taking all the preseason games there. He was putting the puck in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. He was they were they were generating offense with him there. So it was like, okay, why not? But and we've seen him work there before. My biggest thing with Ilya Mikheyev, what you see right now, it doesn't like it it I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it's like, okay, what about fifteen games yeah. in? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be able to sustain that? Yeah. Which is why I think Michael Bunting is able to, and I don't think he's going to give way to a top six position once he gets it. I, I don't really think don't. So. Yeah, yeah, that's and where. Yeah, that's where I thought. That's why I think he's a great rookie of the year bet. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because he was on the fourth line before. I don't know if the lines moved at all. I haven't checked, but like this, I, I just felt like he was going to take that spot from Mikheyev eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, obviously it's unfortunate to happen. Like what happened to Mikheyev, but in my like when I thought about the Leafs roster, I always had Bunting on that second line, and I like same here. And and if that means that Mikheyev would go on the third line, like between Engvall and, and Mikheyev on that third line with confrontation, I think Engvall actually complements them better, just because I think he's a little bit faster, and I think that speed might work better with confrontation than with. And he can, I think he can score better too. But whatever, um, I think that might work better with that line than Mikheyev. But we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I agree. I agree. We'll Any other thoughts on this lineup here? Love, uh, we'll love see what Wayne happens Simmons. night one. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I mean, it sucks that Matthews isn't playing. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so who's taking his spot on the power play then? That's the other thing. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, I, didn't. I, I haven't seen power play lines. Uh, Check David Alter's Twitter actually right now. Right now, Daily Faceoff says Richie, Tavares, Marner, Nylander, Morgan Riley. So I guess it would be Richie, but they're going to use them in a different in sort the of. bumper and probably Marner and Nylander. Yeah, they're the going to move them around. Yeah. Which there. you know what? That's a good chance for these guys who have been struggling on the power play. Mitch Marner, you know, maybe a different, yeah. completely different spot, and they get something going. Who knows? We'll what see. I liked actually, last closing thought from the preseason Saturday, Scott Sabrin, who we're all familiar with, was with the Leafs organization last year. Was running around a little bit. Didn't like a hit on Stutzel from Justin Hole. Decided to take exception with him. What I really liked I, when I saw Wayne Simmons stepping in oh, there, yeah. getting after Scott Sabrin, it reminded me a lot more of Wayne Simmons from the beginning of last year, playing with that edge and that intensity, than from when, you know, the second half of the year when he was really inconsistent. So, I mean, you might not love Wayne Simmons' skill set, you might not love his skating, but he brings that edge to this team, and he's not going to let anyone mess around, and... You know what? Occasionally, he's going to put the puck in the net. Like he did Saturday, he had a primary assist there to Nick Ritchie, who you know, just keeps scoring, putting everything in front of the net. Which we love to see. Oh, Which yeah. we love to see. Yeah, I really like that. On oh. that note, like, the game before that against Montreal, like, did Montreal, was the game plan just don't defend the front of the net? Yeah, I don't know. Preseason, maybe. Yeah. Because that's the one thing they did pretty well in the playoffs. So I Which don't know. is crazy. Yeah. Because when you look at it, like the Tavares assist to... Um, Brendan Minnell, he steps in front of the net, and it's just like nobody's there. Even Nick Ritchie's goals, it was just like he just kind of took a step back, and it was like nobody decided to touch him. Like, all right, Weird. <laughs> it's free real estate. Quick inter- interjection here. Yeah. Um, so my fantasy draft for everyone who I'm sure would oh, love to hear this. Let's go. Went McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Kucherov. I had the fifth pick. I just took Austin Matthews. Easy. Done. Easy. That's great. It's been cooler to do like before. So then when people had their fantasy drafts, they'd be able to, but yeah, the ah, season starts tomorrow. This is the last opportunity. Yeah, I so. know. But, but I mean, it, no, we'll see. Maybe some people will be drafting tomorrow or Wednesday and they can hear some over under calls from us later, but transitioning yeah. onwards. I guess so. Let us know when you have that yeah. second pick coming up. I'm curious to see who would be available there, but 
moving on. Um, so Adam Brooks, we kind of touched on that already, though, right? Yep. Yep. So midseason adjustments. What do you project the Leafs are going to have to address by the trade deadline? I I hate to say this because like everyone's kind of like, wow, David Kampf might be good. I still think third line center is a massive possible upgrade point for the Leafs. I think, you know, I like Kerfoot again if he has to slide into that spot. But I've been saying we we can do better, right? We can yeah. do better and. I really think this is the year to. This is not a Felino splash. Like, make the actual splash. Get somebody who's going to be a yeah. total, total difference maker. And that doesn't have to be a, a rental, right? Like, I would love to get a guy who has an extra year in the mold of Tampa Bay. You know, the, and if that means honestly moving a top end prospect like Nick Robertson, for example, if they have, to, if they can get a guy with term on a retained salary that is going to be an actual difference maker, not a Nick Felino level. Like I'm talking Blake Coleman level yeah, or above or above, right? The big thing also with having that guy has an extra year on his deal is that like if you bring a guy like Nick Felino, and the hope was, okay, we resign, we resign him afterwards, but it's like, that's not a guarantee. You don't know what that number is going to be after that. Like it could be an inflated number. Like we saw with Nick Felino. like when you have the situation like Blake Coleman, Barkley, Goudreau, they had those guys locked in for less than a million dollars. Yeah. What a steal. Exactly. What a cap they, they knew. They knew that they were going to be steals. Crazy. Not, let's possibly sign Felino. Then he wants $4 million or whatever like mm-hmm. that. And then, then it doesn't help you at all. It hurts you. So. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, I'm thinking possibly defense could mm-hmm. be something to look at. Maybe Justin Hole's spot yeah. to move him down, depending on how the kids do. But that to me is a really big wait and see. But it's just like a. You know, you can't guarantee that the defense is going to be awesome. You can't guarantee that Logan and Sandin are going to be a terrific pairing. It'll be a wait and see, and that's where it's like, okay, you could add a second pairing defenseman there. Yeah. Maybe a little guy that's in Texas. <laughs> Who's Stanley that? Cup Finals experience. John Klingberg. Uh, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I, I I really, I don't know if, it'll depend on how Dallas is. I think Dallas is going to be a big bounce back team this yeah. year. Sorry, I had to yawn. I'm still trying to get it out. It's not working. But um, goaltending is still kind of a question there, in my opinion. Hudobin and uh, Hudobin's a very, very good goalie when you have to play him 30 to 35 games a year. But as a starting goalie, plus um, their backup being Braden Holtby, who's not coming off the greatest five years in a row. Ben Bishop, I have not. I have no idea what's going on there. I don't, I don't even know if he's playing yet which he's been off for a full year. So how good is he going to be there? Some question mark, but yeah, they do have a solid team. They got ravaged by injuries and such last year. So yeah. it wouldn't surprise me to see them in the playoffs, but I could see them also being on the other end of it. Is Jake Ottinger not playing for them at all? No, no he's, he's in starting the, the minors. Oh, wait, the last episode. He's on, wait, what did you no, say? No, sorry. He's, he's he in the minors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. He sorry, didn't yes. know what waiver exempt was. Oh, That's what yes, yes, yes. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I remember that now, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like that. I, I like... The, the idea of grabbing another defenseman, mm-hmm. even if it's not a hall level, like I talked about last time, you know, as you said, if the kids don't work maybe out, like, yeah, as you maybe said, it's Troy Stetcher uh, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then that's where like, you might have to move hole out because it's like, hole's a decent defenseman. Let's get, like he's yeah. a pretty good defenseman. Right. And he's got a year, another year at $2 million, maybe yeah. a team like who's not going to be great this year, but is more so looking to push for playoffs next year, such as maybe something like Detroit or Ottawa, um, 
maybe Columbus, they could take on someone like that. Um, I don't know who we would take from any of those teams, but just a thought in my head kind of thing. But, yeah, already looking towards trade deadline. But, it, but it's worth season. thinking about, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I think you guys highlighted the two major points of like a second line slash third line, right? second slash third right D who's like experienced, like good, like is, be- is better, is more than just a bottom six, like, a five six pairing more than just a, like a bus rider yeah, kind of thing. exactly yeah it's just there that yeah. actually like more comes in and makes mm-hmm. an impact mm-hmm. sort of thing yeah right like, like if we're gonna like use like former lease players as an example like someone better than zach bogosian like we like ba- zach exactly. bogosian would be like i would want something more than him but yeah, yeah like bogosian is fine mm-hmm. like a little bit more exactly that's where yeah. last season i really felt like like bogosian was did what he needed to do here he was solid yeah but i would have liked to have seen them start great this is a great radio it sounds <laughs> awesome i would have liked to have seen them start with timothy logren in that spot and then address that position later because let's get real like doesn't matter who the third pairing right d was going to be they're going to make the playoffs yeah and then address that at the deadline and go out and get someone like zach bogosian for what's going to cost like a fourth fifth round pick mm-hmm. but yeah you know we did what we did it guaranteed having him on the team and uh it ended the way it ended. The, I, the only major move I see us making is a third line left winger. I don't see us making it. I, I, I don't know. That's, that's my, my guess. And the only part of the reason why I say that is because we don't have that much capital. Or even just a, a left winger. Yeah. That, that a a left be, winger that can that play could anywhere. play on the second yeah. line as well. Yeah. Or even the first line. There's no guarantees Nick Ritchie works out. That's yeah. true. Yeah. I still think you're underrating how easy it would be for them to clear some cap at the deadline. I'm, I'm not saying that they I'm like I, I could see them upgrading on what Kerfoot is like as like the left winger who yeah. could also play center maybe gets paid four and a half million instead of three and a half shedding Engvall and uh, Kerfoot or McKayev and Kerfoot you, you can get to that right so yeah exactly yeah okay I'm thinking this year when I watch Leafs games, I'm just gonna go full Urban Meyer, but like not in a whoa, whoa, dude, not in a horny way, like in a, in a way like when if something be- oh, negative okay. happens towards the Leafs, I'm just gonna like fall down and die, <laughs> just like oh, wow, parting. W- Sorry, TV's on. John Gruden just got fired. That's a little bit Holy uh, cow. crazy, but moving wow. on, we want to get into the um, TSN top fifty list. Let's get into Let's it. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So can I, I? I just go ahead. My second round pick in my fantasy draft yeah. that I just made is the guy thing is the number one snub on the top fifty list for yes for TSN. Mark Stone. No, Alex DeBrinket. Oh. I'm really surprised. I'm gonna get started right away. I'm really surprised DeBrinket didn't make this list. When I'm looking at some of the guys at the end of the list, I think he's being a little disrespected. Honestly, Nikolai Ehlers. I think he's better than you. I don't even think. Uh, what about Seth Jones? Like, Jake. how is Seth Jones on there? I like Jake Gensel. I think he's also super underrated. But I think DeBrinket's better than him. I think DeBrinket's also better than Gabriel Landeskog, personally. Wow. So that's the first guy I'm stamping my flag on. When I look at a guy like Kyle Connor, ranked 34, who I really like, really, is he that much better than Alex DeBrinket? No, I think they're. They're it's the similar player. Yeah. They're yeah, like the they're very similar. I, I give the edge to Dabrinka, though. The You're thing right. about this list overall, because we're not going to say the whole list is 50 guys. We're not going to go through it. It seems to have a bias towards a lot of the Canadian teams. Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. But that's my first flag plant I wanted to make at the start. Okay. What do you think about that? Um, 
I, I mean, yeah, in terms of him being top 50, I think, like, having Nikolai Ehlers over to Alex DeBrincat, like, is it, uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a Canadian bi- Canadian team bias there. Um, I was interested to see Anze Kopitar. Like, I didn't pay attention to some of these that, that much, to some of these teams that especially didn't make the playoffs and were out in the West there. Like, how how good was Anze Kopitar this year? I actually... He was he was good. He was pretty he good. He was pretty good back year. Yeah. I don't know if he's still a top, top 50, fifty player. That might be a reputation thing, right? Yeah, that's possible there as well. Um, Jack Eichel being number thirty-five on this list, I would say no, simply because I don't think he's going to play very much at all this year. Yeah, but well, I think like, if he did, he'd be way higher. He'd be like right? a top so ten. So it's like, why is he even on this list at all? Yeah, you I, know? I would I would do an asterisk beside that name, kind of thing, like. I think people are forgetting how good Jack Eichel is. Yeah. Simply because he didn't play, play. much at all last yeah. year and he's been wasted in Buffalo. But there was a time it was a heavy debate between him and Matthews in terms of t- like who's the better player. Right? Absolutely. And I think that should still hold true. It's just Jack Eichel's getting blackballed by the. It's crazy that he Buffalo still hasn't Sabres. been traded, honestly. That's just, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's sad. That's sad. If you got to feel bad for him, I feel terrible for him. He just wants to get like a yeah. surgery. That's crazy, and he's not allowed to. It's sad. Oh well, it's crazy. I don't know anything about that, but crazy that that's that much of a dispute between mm-hmm. the two. Um, one thing I want to point out here: Adam Fox just won the Norris. Okay, Norris Trophy winner, yep. best defenseman in the NHL. USA named their their three players that are locked to make the team. He was not one of them. Nope. He's on this list at number 23. Did this, like, I'm from this list, I see a lot of, like, recency bias. And yet, number 23 is the Norris Trophy winner. Like, Victor Hedman is, is, is at number 7, 16 spots ahead of him. But Adam Fox won the Norris. Like, that's just crazy. Like, I understand Victor Hedman did probably was playing with some injuries last year. Like between the two of them, I would probably pick Victor Hedman right, right now, but a 16 point gap between the two when Adam Fox just had the better season. It's, I don't know. <laughs> like, well, what about Kale McCarr and him? Why is Kale McCarr? It, they're on yeah, 11 spots higher than Adam that Fox. as well. Him at number 12. That's crazy. Like, I think for both those Adam Fox, or sorry, for Cal McCarr and um, Victor Hedman, it's just the exposure that they get because they play on such like the like, the best teams in the NHL. Colorado and Tampa are like top three teams in the NHL. I think these, New York's not a big enough market. for I, I guess not because that's the only reason I see why he would get disrespected. Because if you look at like they they like what pl- the people who write this article value in defensemen is like kind of different from what we value. We like to look at, like I don't want to look pay too much. Uh, get get too much into that, but we t- like to look at models. We like to look at a bunch of different things other than just our eye. But Adam but, Fox also had a ton of points. Exactly, that's what I was, that's what I was getting yeah. to. Is Adam Fox had the points. Adam Fox had had like passed the eye test. He was he had great plus minus numbers. Great power play. Great power play numbers. Great all around. It's just I think it's just maybe it's market. I don't I don't even know. But I he's know. in the biggest market, right? So yeah. it's like his the most valuable team in the NHL. Yeah, <laughs> like like here here's get any bigger than that. A jumping off point I want to continue with that is like again I think Mark Scheifele is a good offensive player. We in our Olympic preview we had him as an extra forward on the team, yeah. and he so that would be the 13th best Canadian forward, but he's the 20th best player in the NHL. He's ahead of Mark Stone. Who would no offense? Who would take Mark Scheifele over Mark Stone? 
like unless you have power play deficiencies, like no. Nah, after him, Stone, Sebastian Ajo. That's weird. After Sebastian Ajo, Adam Fox. Those three players are all with, like, better than Mark Scheifele. Yeah, when you don't look at when you're not watching a player every single night and you don't look at the analytics with regards to their defensive game, even their offensive game, and being able to split it between five on five and power play and how good the power play was, like you kind of just like things stick in your head. I feel like and the whole idea that Mark Scheifele watches ten thousand hockey games a day. I feel like sticks in with these older writers and they think that he's this defensive guru kind of thing. But in reality, he's the opposite. Yeah, he's terrible like, defensively. <laughs> I think it's starting to swing now. He's like outwardly poor defensively, even when you just watch with your eyes. Like, yeah. So I don't know. His last back check was just Jake Evans and knocking and him into tomorrow. Yeah. Like, I, I just... I, I think know. he's a good player. I think he deserves to be on the list. I would have him closer to where John Tavares is personally. John yeah. Tavares is 40th on the list. Yeah. I still think John Tavares might be an overall better player than Mark Shifley. I yeah. think Shifley's way better as a, in terms of pure score, speed, skill right now. But John Tavares is an overall player. Yeah. They're probably more, way more complete similar. game. Yeah. 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 John Tavares. I have, I have more if you guys. Yeah. I've got I, another I, one. Go, Joe. Get in there. Roman Yossi at 31. Weird. This is one of the best defense in the league. I feel like this is just a recency bias, like thinking, oh, they, I, and I, I heard some of the reasons why they didn't put Saros on this list as well. Oh, he's in Nashville. It's not that good of a team. They're not going to be that good next year. It's like, okay, but like, is Roman Yossi just going to fall off a cliff then with the Nashville I don't Predators? think Nashville's going to be as, as terrible. Like, they'll probably still be a middle pack team, right? Yeah, like, they're not going to, bo- I don't think they're going to bottom out. Do you think they're going to bottom out? No. I, I wonder if they do the same thing they've done for the past two years, which is just they bottom out the beginning of the year and then, and then yeah. straight up from there. They've done that two years in a row. It's been kind of weird, but I don't know. What if Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne finally figure it out kind of thing? I mean, COVID does funny things to people, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I felt that was really like, when did he win a Norris? Was it two years ago? Two years ago. And he dropped 20 spots, even though he, he had a, Decent year, pretty good year. I think that's just like again, not watching him play. Like last year, he was top ten because he won the Norris, and now he didn't win the Norris. Had a pretty similar season actually. Yeah, and now he's not in the top thirty anymore. Some of these older writers, just the stuff I'm seeing, like out of Edmonton with Duncan Keith, like Jim Matheson tried to reason, it's like, oh, someone was saying like Duncan Keith is is trash. He's a bottom pairing defenseman now, and and Jim Matheson was like, oh, is that why he was named one of the top one hundred players of all time? Okay, sure. So All was, right, dude. So was like, Joe, Joe Thornton. So was Wayne Gretzky. You wanted yeah. me to get him on skates as well? Yeah. Like, Duncan Keith was a very good defenseman. He was. He has gotten older, just like the rest of us, Jimmy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that was, that was, it was, a, it was such a weird argument to defend having Duncan Keith on, on the Oilers. But, anyways, any other. I, placings in this. I have I have a fun one. There's a a a, a list of four defensemen in a yeah, row yeah. of young good defensemen. You guys tell me how you would rank them individually, okay? Going in alphabetical order, we're going to have Charlie McAvoy, Quinn Hughes, Shea Theodore, Mayor Heiskanen. Are you asking how? Kind of crazy how, how you, yeah, all these guys are. They're all ranked the same. They're all they're they're 36 to 39. Was They're, it just like, one, I feel two, three, like, four. oh, we, we haven't put in a defenseman in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's honestly, that's <laughs> probably what, is, what it was. But how would you guys rank those those three? And like, do it in this, do it as like, for example, I think X guy is 
the like tier them right so like x guy is like way above the rest i think y and z are close together and then uh, F is at the very bottom. He shouldn't even be like talking. I think about. Charlie McAvoy should be a lot higher. Yeah. I think he's a very underrated defenseman for sure. Um, having him below Quinn Hughes is a little bit weird. No, like yeah, that was one of the things I pointed out. I have no idea how Quinn Hughes is ahead of Charlie McAvoy. I'm almost shocked Quinn Hughes is even on this list to Agreed. begin with. Agreed. I really like Quinn Hughes. I liked him coming out of the draft. I liked his rookie year. He was one of the worst defensemen in the league last year. Yeah, defensively, yeah, he, he got shelled in, in, in his own zone. So he I don't know how he's really on this list. I, I would ha- I would have Shea Theodore and Charlie McAvoy as the clear one two. Yes, Heiskanen yeah. just a small smidgen underneath below because mm-hmm. yeah. he's just kind of been really good in the playoffs, and then his regular seasons have kind of just been like okay. in neutral. Yeah, but I could see him also being the best of all of these guys. I think his ceiling, offensively and defensively, is the highest of all of these guys. Mm-hmm. But. I think Quinn Hughes right now for sure is the worst of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It should not be ahead of McAvoy. I didn't even realize. I didn't even piece that together. Um, so, yeah, go on. Do you like what? Uh, okay. This is a homer take, but Morgan Riley compared to Quinn Hughes. No, I still take still, Quinn you'd Hughes. Still, but like, yeah. you'd still take Quinn Hughes? Okay. Yeah, he's actually good on the power play. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Ew. Just wondering. So if just you have wondering. two guys who are not great defensively and good offensively, and one's good on the power play. You I'll take, take the guy on the power play. The yeah, the that's power fair. Yeah, that's fair. Agreed. Um, any other surprises in this list here? I like Hero Kaprizov a lot. That's way too high. Way too 26 high. is way too high. Yeah. He's like, for example, are you are you taking Kaprizov or Matt Barzal? Like, I would take Matt Barzal easily. It's, uh, again, it's like the flashy play. Like, Kirill Kaprizov put up, what, 51 points in 57 games last year? Yeah. Did I nail that? It's in uh, front of me. I can't I even find him. So twenty-six, yeah. the twenty-sixth best player in the league. He put up fifty-one points in fifty-five games last year, but a lot of it was really flashy sort of plays. So that's where it sticks in your head, and you're just like, "Oh yeah, that guy has to be in the top thirty at least, right?" But yeah, Kirill Kaprizov over even Zabanajad has a forty-goal season under his belt. Barzal. Yeah. Alex Petrangelo is an absolute horse on defense there. Dougie Hamilton. Elijah Peterson, I'm a little bit surprised how high he is considering how he was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Injuries, though. He's a good yeah. player. Injuries, yes. But also, I think he was overrated last season. Yeah. There was a conversation on Twitter that me and Joe are familiar with about him being better than Austin Matthews. <laughs> That's not uh, That was funny. That's not correct. That's not true. Not at all. But, Yeah. And then Seth Jones shouldn't be on this list. Sorry. Yeah. No, not at all. Okay, I think I think that's just a respect thing. Throw the guy on the list because he just got paid nine million dollars. But yeah, he not definitely even. shouldn't. It's be on again the list. dumb guy brain. You see a tall guy that's pretty good at skating, makes some flashy plays here and there. But like in terms of numbers, he's uh, ooh. I'm curious to see how that looks in Chicago. There, like it could be ugly. What about John Carlson? Um, he's just one of the best power play defensemen yeah. in the league. So what about him? That, he's on. He's forty-one. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. fair. Okay, fair. Yeah, he's not the best defensive defenseman, mm-hmm. but like in terms of, he's just pure, pure offense, right? Yeah. Why? So, why does the NHL like not the NHL, but the 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 writers of the NHL just hate Dougie Hamilton at thirty-two? Do we feel like that's too low? Do where we feel sh- like, where should he I, be? I, like it's like he's the fourth or fifth defenseman on the list. Right? Uh, yeah. It would. It goes. Yeah, it goes. Hedman, Makar, Fox, Petrangelo, Yossi, Hamilton. Fair. 
I just feel like reasonable. maybe maybe thirty two just feels low and like yeah maybe they just maybe this list just clearly this list values forwards a lot more than defensemen. But it's interesting to think about how you would rate forwards in comparison to defensemen if you were to rate all the players in the NHL, right? Like, who would you rather have, Patrick Kane or Dougie Hamilton? Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. Yeah. Right now, yeah, Patrick Kane. Like, he can still put up 100 mm-hmm. points, Patrick Kane. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, or but Elias Peterson or, or Dougie Hamilton. I know we talked about Peterson being too high, but. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton. that is, uh, yeah. when you put it that way. That's a good one. What, what, about, what about Mika Zibanejad or Matt Barzell versus Dougie Hamilton? I'd rather have Matt Barzell, probably. Interesting. I still think a forward makes more impact than a D That's in true. the NHL. Just it has to be the yeah. correct forward. It can't be Kirill Kaprizov. I feel like also they dox Barzell because his point total is not going to be that, that high this year. But, mm-hmm. like, why, if he's still a fantastic player, like, why would you dox him just based on, like, how the overall points is going to be? Yeah. Like it's a, it's a weird, I don't know. Like is this a top points list or is it the best players? Yeah. list. Right? So that's where you have to Also like no offense, some of the people they they surveyed, like I love the guys on Overdrive. They say yeah. they're not watch they didn't watch anyone out of the Canadian division last year. They said it many times like, you know, we didn't see that much of Pittsburgh this year. We didn't see that much of uh, yeah. Anaheim or mm-hmm. LA. So you're right. These guys didn't watch every single game, which is mm-hmm. fair. And if you're not big into analytics, then you haven't watched them. Like, what are you what basing, are you basing your, off of? Yeah. It's just off of reputation That's I at thought, that like, point. Yeah, the Norris and the Selkie were such fraud trophies this year. Even though a very good defensive player won it in, in uh, Barkov. Or, yeah, it was Barkov and, and Adam Fox. I'm surprised the, the correct players won it. Mm-hmm. However, some of these writers, it's like, you haven't watched 80% of the league. Like, what are you basing some of these votes on? Like... Just drawing out of a hat? Are you texting your buddy? Who should I vote for? Like, thought it was a little bit weird. But, anyways, as always, these lists, ton of debate. Um, I guess that's why you put them out. You're not going to yeah. please everyone when you put out stuff like this. But my last, I just have one more, one last thought. Patrice Bergeron last year was 30th. He's 25 on the list. He is 36 years old. How does he do it? Yeah, he's a beast. How does he do it? He's a monster. He's a monster. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, like somehow gets better with age in yeah. the 30s. He ages like a fine wine. Him and, Patri- uh, him and Marshawn. Got a question. What's uh, what's in the water in yeah. Boston? Hmm. Investigate maybe, Boston. Maybe they're chilling with uh, Manny Ramirez. Was it Ramirez? Well, Ramirez did a ton of drugs, yes. Peyton Manning. They're on that Peyton Manning diet, yeah. maybe. Um, or sorry, Pey- alleged Peyton Manning's wife's diet. My yes, apologies. Correct. I should correct myself there. Um, all right. I think anything, any other closing thoughts on the TSN top 50 list? I think that's all. That was my last thought. Yep. That was all I had. It's always a good talking point. Yeah. Carrie Price at 43, but I, I don't want to talk about that. Hopefully Carrie Price gets better. Yeah. All the best. To all Kerry. the best to him. That's uh, sad, but great to see a guy, you know, reaching out and using the support system that uh, the NHL has in place. So um, moving on. Um do we want to get into some over-unders or? Yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. do it. I have them written down here. Let's, uh, I'll get into an unconventional one. Mm. So these are based on Dom LeCision from The Athletic, right? His projections that he has here. So my first one that I'm going to go with, off the beaten path, not one of the big four, Travis Dermott games played 77 this year. Interesting. Uh, I would say under. Under. I, I, I also don't know if like 
he'll even come close to that, to be honest. Yeah, and I feel like that's what this was also done before we knew yeah, that Lillergan was. So yeah. I'm gonna go way under, way under. close. I'd smash that. It, I think a better line is probably fifty-five. 50. Yeah, fifty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, second one off the bat, Mikheyev goals slash shooting percentage, um, and that is at really should have done this a lot better. Eleven. Eleven goals. Eleven goals. Over an 82, I think, from what we thought he was going to play, he would have got gone over that. Now, with the injury and the lineup questions, I'm going to say under. I'm going to yeah, that's the right answer, under, yeah. Oh, thank you. You thought it was going to really make itself up in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. kind of thing? I think he would have had enough opportunity and played with the right players where he could have scored 12 yeah. to 15 mm-hmm. goals this year. It's a 7.4% shooting percentage. but So now you're saying under? I'm going to say under now. With the missing games and possibly the missed opportunity for him now, I'm going to say under. Yeah. Okay. Um, Will Justin Hole be in the top four by the end of the year? Yes. Minutes-wise, yes. 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 If we're talking about pure... I I really don't think they see that as a a spot that they're trying that hard to... Replace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into more of the fun players now. Austin Matthews, 54 goals. Over. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna say under. I think you, over even, under fifty. I'm gonna say over. I'll say he gets fifty or fifty-one, and I, right. I hope he gets way more. Obviously, but I, I don't know how much he's gonna miss to start the year. I think it might be more than three games. You know, if he misses ten games, I'm gonna be take, really careful with it. Which is especially smart. after yeah. what happened last year. Do you remember last year after the injury? Came, he, after he came back from the injury, he didn't shoot the puck for like a month. Yep, but found other ways to score, score. goals. Uh, he did. That's how nasty he is. Um, Mitch Marner over under 94 points. Way over. I think he cracks over. 100. I'm going to say under because I think he's going to play a little less this year. Over under 88 really? points. Over. I'm going to say high 80s, low 90s. I'm saying he cracks 100. And so a full over, 80, if he over 88, get, under 94? Yeah, it's a good middle. Yeah, I say 92. I like that one as well. I think if he doesn't get hurt, if he plays a full 82 games, he's going to get 100 points. Over. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He will get 100 points eventually in a season. All right. Guaranteed. Just has to play a full one. That's when, yeah. Whenever they play a full season, like pretty much, I think that's almost guaranteed that he'll do that. Like I think every every year he, he has a chance to win the uh, the scoring title. Like I, I, okay, McDavid wins it every year. If McDavid gets hurt, like Marner is one of the the few that has a chance to actually get it. Okay. Yeah, it makes for sense. points. Uh, William Nylander over under sixty two points. I think all of us will say over. Probably like is that crazy to oh, say? No, not at all. But I also think like that that's still high because he's I don't know how much he's gonna play, but the pl- fact that he's now playing first power play, which will probably mean more power play minutes. I for think him, he's gonna stick there all year. That's it. That's is, it. Is why I think he'll mm-hmm. get over. That's it right there. Yeah, yeah. high sixties, low seventies. I think that would be a really successful. Year Every for single him. year, it's like he shows flashes of being able to put up high like eighties point-per-game kind of numbers. When you look at the last eight games or seven games of the regular season, he had a goal a game. When you look at the playoffs, he was the best offensive player on the on the team. But it's like there was a great part in the and even the beginning of last year. He was a rock star in that first game against Montreal. Yeah. Every time he touched the puck, it was going in the back of the net in some way, shape, or form. But then after that, what happened? The next like ten games, he didn't score. Well, that's just the he type played of, well. That's the type of player he, he well. is, though, right? It was yeah. A lot of guys, he's. I always compare him to Nikolai Ehlers. Like these guys run hot and they also run cold. It's yeah. Just, 
just how it works. Do you remember there was a game against Vancouver? I believe the Leafs lost 5-3 or 5-2 or something like that. I had two minutes of highlights of just William Nylander getting chances. He ended the game with zero points. Yeah, it happens. It's insane. But I also think another thing that could work against him for that number would be how long is Matthews out and how long does that mean he's playing with Kerfoot instead of John Tavares? Yeah, that could. I just hope to see like cons- like more, not consistency, because he is consistent. He does put forth a strong game each night, night in, night out, night in and night out, and I, it's shown in the calculations of his expected goals. However, I want to see more consistency in terms of putting forth a high level, like mm-hmm. as I as I showed in the numbers, between fifty and fifty nine percent expected goals for money every single night. Seventy percent of the nights he's that, which is crazy. It's very high. However, when it comes to sixty to seventy percent, he's on the lower end in terms of high offensive players. Hopefully, he can kick it up a little bit this year. Yeah, it's not to say William Nylander isn't a good player. Fantastic player, and I'm saying this because he has the skill set to do it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So over 62 for sure. What about over under 70? Under. 70 uh, points is a lot more than yeah, people think. People are so, desensitized because we have two guys who score 90 to 100. <laughs> but like 70 points is probably is, is top 40, 30, 30 to 40 in the league. Yeah, it is. His career 82 game average is 43 points in a season. And that's pretty much what? been. Or sorry, even strength. Even strength. Sorry. Sorry. Even strength so what's points. what's that full? So uh, full, it's 60. 60 even. Yeah, that's that's pretty on. much what he is. Is so let's I see he takes a step. Yeah. 70? Over under 70? It'd be close. It'd be yeah. close. I think if it if it hits over it'd be like by a hair, 71 Six, 72. Yeah. I think at least yeah. 65 for me yes. is, the, is yeah. the goal for William Nylander kind of thing. Um what about over under 27 goals William Nylander? <sighs> he did score 31 goals before in a season. So I'm going to say short, short season. I'm going to say slightly season. under. Slightly under? Yeah. Under 27. Wow. Okay. I think, uh, let's go over. He I gets, think, he I gets think hot. He hits 30. We, yeah. I think he hits 30. Let's do it. Um, he just catches a hot streak and, and does it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, some other ones here that I had. Uh, Nick Ritchie over under, I lost him, 36 points. Huh. I'm going to say over because starting the year on the first power play, and playing with the top line. I swear I think Joe Thornton had a point every other he game did. average. Joe, Joe, so Thornton, it's like Joe Thornton full season probably would have hit 36. Like if you extrapolate his numbers. I want to see what right? he had. And Joe Thornton couldn't, was almost 40 years Joe old. Joe Thornton had 20 points in 44 games, which almost equals to exactly 36 over an 82-game sample. Yeah. So Over I, under 17 goals. Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot. I think under. I think it'll, it'll be more of a, like a 15 Goals, twenty-seven assist season type thing. I for me, it's pretty good at digs. I'm not. I'm. Uh, I was gonna say twenty and ten. I don't think that's correct at all. I think twenty. I think he Honestly, hits twenty, though, and yeah, I think a forty-point season is with well within Nick Ritchie's range. If yeah. he gets, if he continues to get that opportunity with Matthews Marner. But if he gave you fifteen and twenty, would you be disappointed? No, no, I think that would be really solid. Why not? I think that would be really solid. So. I'm glad we seem to be on the same page. Yeah. Interesting. A little bit too much. Uh, Drinking the Kool-Aid, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I said some. Exactly. exactly. Um, and then uh, more starts by the end of the year, Mrazic or Campbell? Wow, that's such a good question. 
That is such a good question. So if you had to set odds of this, it would be favored to, towards Jack Campbell. Yeah, obviously. but very, very. I think they'd be very. Jack slim. Campbell gets the first start of the year. I think he's right now the preference, just because he was there last year, kind of thing. Do you have a Do you have an answer? Because I have a I have a counter that will make it a little tougher. I think Peter Mrazek by the end of the year. So here's so are you saying Mrazek starts more of the games than Campbell? Yes. Wow. I was going to set it like 37 and a half starts for Mrazek over under that. Uh, over. Wow. I, like I don't even I It's going to be so tight. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just thinking, how, I wonder how, are they just going to alternate every game? Is that what they're going to do? I, I believe know. they even, no even, right now, I believe so. so yeah. Well, it's a back-to-back to start. True. If I were a betting man, I think Campbell starts the Saturday. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if, Campbell craps the bed in the first game and Mrazic is Plays solid. Yeah. Do they go to Mrazic? Do they play the hot hand kind of thing like they would in, in minor hockey? It'll be interesting to see because it's solely based off of coach's Perform. preference. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say performance. The coach's preference on okay. this one. Okay. Do they try to stick to, hey, let's lean off the workload for and try to give it more so and maybe favor one goalie a little bit more? Or are they just going to salt? If one goalie's hot, you stick with them and they get all the starts. I think it's more so gonna, going to be what the goalies are saying and what mm-hmm. the coaches are saying. Wow. So, if, as you're a goalie, as a goalie, how do you feel about alternate? Like, would you rather alternate every game or have like kind of a no, stretch? No, as a goalie, you want to be in every single, every night single game. As a yeah. goalie. Yeah. However, from what we've seen, I mean, with these goalies that are starting 75 games and then going into the playoffs, it's a lot on you mentally. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're not as mentally sharp as you could be. Like, you're, you're you hate to be taken out of the net. Yeah. You want to be in there twenty four seven, but is that the best thing for you? Like, when it comes in terms of your longevity, like when you think about even Mitch Marner, he obviously he wants to play twenty five minutes a night. Is that the best thing for him though? And that's where the coaching staff has to take a step in and say no. Like, like you have to almost protect them from mm-hmm. themselves. From themselves, yeah. Yeah. on this one and you know step in and do what's best even if the player's not in love with it you know dial it back just uh, for their benefit that's right? really well said yeah that's really really well said this is kind of like a tangent i don't even know what we're talking no, about right now. We're, we're talking about goalies <laughs> and starting i, I so, like talking about the goalie situation in general because we haven't touched on it that much yeah and because the Leafs have not had a situation like this a long time. And and Reimer. Yeah. Reimer Bernier is the last time. Yeah. But like we, do we, that did not work out yeah. well, honestly. <laughs> we don't want to bring up those. That was kind of weird. Um, but what I was thinking of is like, is it like as a, from a goalie perspective, would you rather play back to like, would you rather go alternate one game or would you rather kind of do like stretches where like, okay, you get the first three, you get the next three, you get the net, you know what I mean? Like where, whether it be three games, five games, like four games, like, how, what, what do you think? Like, what would what do you think is better? I'm for sorry. Off topic. They're talking about John Gruden, and they have Booger McFarland going absolutely nuts. Uh, Booger McFarland hates John Gruden, so I'd, I would have loved to hear what we'll he's it. carving into him there. We'll rewind it. But utterly shocking, a football coach using racist and misogynistic language. Yeah, not. <laughs> what was the question again? Sorry, um, I just wanted to get. It was that more out of a phil- philosophical. I like the philosophical yeah. nature of that. Just. Like, would you, like, as from a goalie's perspective, would you rather play? Because, like, the, the idea behind goalies is that you get hot, you kind of get in your group, right? Would you rather play, like, three, four games in a row and then 
give the next three, four games to the, the other guy? Or would you rather just go alternate like one, two, no, one, No, as two. a goalie, you want to be in there 75 games a year. No, but okay. But it that, would be that's more so the coaches mm-hmm. to have to step in and be like, like you have three, four games in a row. Like the goalie's hot. You start him for those three, four in a games in a mm-hmm. row. But then it's not you give him the reins and let him run. Yeah. You have to kind of step in once, you know, the performances aren't as sharp and they aren't mm-hmm. as hot as they were before and start to give it to the other guy. Yeah. But and then I, see, and then if the other guy responds, then maybe he goes on a little run. And he like, but then the thing also becomes from like, just like the ideas are running up, yeah. right here. Like, does that mess up your groove? Yeah. And then like, like Peter Mrazek and like Jack Campbell have been, for the past year, kind of been starting every other game or starting multiple games in a row. Like, does that sitting three, four games in a row mess up your groove and then you can't Maybe. rebound as well mm-hmm. as you would have hoped to? Like, just, yeah. It's, it's honestly, it's very philosophical and mm-hmm. there's no perfect answer to it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, thinking back to it, like, do the, maybe do the Rangers get better results out of Hank if they didn't start him 70 games out of the year? Who knows? Like I, I it's it, there's no hard answer to it. Mm-hmm. There's just thoughts that we can kind of yeah. put out there to try to explain why they would pick one or the over, yeah. other. So, okay. Right? La, la, okay. So, first 20 games of the season, you're 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 the goalie, okay? And you're you're splitting it with me and the coach gives us gives you the option, you get final say. You either get split every game, 1 2 1 2 or you get to do the four Three, no, I three do games. one, two, one, one, two, two, one, two. Okay, hundred interesting. Because I think if you did three games a piece, like after, if you have a good three games, the the other guy has a bad one. Like the guy think who about had the, the good anxiety three games run, will that. run mm-hmm. with it. Like, yeah, true. Think about the anxiety behind that as well. Mm-hmm. Like three games, three games. It's like, oh man, if I don't have a good one here, I'm I'm, I'm not going to see the net until next month. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, that's where you might have to force the every other game to start. Mm-hmm. And then kind of let it run its course, yeah. but definitely you can't be given the heavy, heavy workload to one of the goalies. Interesting. Okay. To which we thought Michael Hutchinson was going to get claimed last episode, and he didn't. Didn't. Interesting. So, well, always nice to have him around. You take that. You take, take those. that. I don't think a lot of people are saying that about Michael Hutchinson. So good. He's one of the better third goalies in the league, and I think a lot of Leafs Nation realized that. But it's he's one of the better third goalies yeah. in the league. I'm not comfortable with him being the backup to start no. the year like it was a couple of years ago. However, third goalie, let's go. We love it. But now they got a log jam with the Marlies, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, see how that happens. plays out there. But any other thoughts that we need to cover here? Let's uh, get going. I'm excited for the start of the season. Oh, I am too. Yeah, Can't wait. A little fresh blood in the lineup. I, I, I really can't wait to see what Richie and Bunting do. Can Richie I, Bunting, Kampf, Ka- Ka- and Kasha. Can I give you one one more over-under? Yeah. Zach Hyman, 59.5 points. Uh, under, I'd say 55. I'm going to go with the over just because I feel like he's probably... I think he's going to end up in the 50s. He's, he's going to get the Barry points where it's just the secondary assist to make to, to one of Dre Seidel yeah. and McDavid, and they just skate the whole ice and score. Yeah. I mean, I can see <laughs> that. I mean... Tyson Berry led the league in assist, in points la- in mm-hmm. defenseman points last year, yeah. did he not? Yeah. Yep. So I could see that, but I'm still saying in the 50s. Yeah. No, I think that's yeah, that makes sense. 50 60s right. around the, the range though. Yeah. It's going to suck to not have him in the lineup. But I'm happy with what we did to replace him. Yeah. I'm happy with, with what they did in the offseason. Started off feeling not so great. Shut up, Zach Hyman. Secured the bag. Ended up feeling great about the team. 
we feel great about the team now. Exactly. Exactly. It's going to be right. a fun night Wednesday. Any other closing thoughts before we shut her down? No, I'm excited. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. Andre right. Cash over 40 points. Ooh. Um, no, I say under 35. Under? Yeah, under. Ah. 37. Worth a shot. All right. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Goldie's go. Let's go.